Welcome to this second episode of the Black Shoe Diaries Madcast. I'm Garrett Carr, alongside of Clay Sourty. Clay, how are you? I'm good. Glad to be back and talking more Penn State wrestling. Yeah, it was such a good week for Penn State sports all around. Uh, great football game last night. We're recording this Sunday, and uh, really, really, really looking forward to wrestling season. Things are looking up. Uh, Penn State football's on a roll. Penn State hockey's on a roll. Penn State field hockey just won the Big Ten tournament, and now we get Penn State wrestling. So I uh, can't complain about too much. No, we cannot. Uh. Clay, tell us about some recent developments with the podcast and, and our availability. Um, we're proud to uh, announce as tacky as that sounds that we're uh, partnered with the Matt Talk Podcast Network run by Jason Bryant. Uh, so I want to thank uh, JB about us getting us set up there. We join uh, shows such as um, the Bonus Points Podcast with uh, Richard Immel and Jason's own uh, Matt Talk Podcast. Uh, you can be fa- we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, um, as well as a few other podcast providers, I believe. Um, just really excited to be a part of that and really excited to reach as many people as we can now because we know, and as you know, Penn State Wrestling has such a uh, national following. Especially in Iowa. They love us in Iowa. Hey, why wouldn't they? I was given uh, some friendly teasing to Iowa fans all weekend about how they were in the best wrestling town in America. Hey, you know what the brands would say? Unless you can beat us, you can't really say anything, so. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, things have been uh, good, and I'm just glad to go, glad to uh, move ahead with the season. But uh, we had some big news this past weekend, which it seems like it's happening every week lately for Penn State Wrestling. Speaking of beating Iowa for things. <laughs> you don't say. Uh, Brady Berge, uh, the number six overall recruit in the country, according to Flow Wrestling, and the number one recruit at 160 pounds in high school, committed to Penn State over uh, Iowa, I believe, Oklahoma State, and was it Minnesota? Yeah, it was Minnesota. Berge, uh, just another elite-level talent, probably going to wrestle 149 pounds for Penn State. Um, nobody really knew where, where he was headed going this week. Uh, things were kind of quiet on that front. But just another remarkable talent to add to that room. It looks like, timing-wise, he's going to take a redshirt year and could slot in at 149 as soon as the 2018-2019 season, I believe, if my math is correct. And that would put him in line to replace Zane Rutherford when Zane moves on. Zane's never leaving. Never leaving my heart. Unfortunately, under NCAA rules, he may have to leave nope. the Penn State team. Got a waiver. All-time wrestler. But again, uh, big news for Penn State wrestling, and the momentum just continues heading into the season. It's going to be pretty log-jammed in the, in the middleweights for Penn State in the next four or five years. It will be. Uh, Penn State's bringing in Nick Lee, who looks like he w- could go 141. Berkey uh, already says he wants to go 149. Jason Nolf is in there at 157. Joe Lee's going to be in there around 157, 165. Um, the name that is interesting to me is Mason Manville, who's now wrestling uh, Greco at 80 kilograms. 
which, if my math is correct, is around 176 pounds. I think that's about as big as Mason's going to get. You could see him wrestle 165 or 174. But right now, Mason's set to enroll at Penn State in the 2017-2018 academic year. And I'm very interested to see whether that actually happens or how that plays out because it's a very crowded room. And not that Mason's not incredible. He could absolutely win a spot from somebody. But I'm not sure I see who's losing out. Yeah, it's it's quite a problem to have, though, for, for Penn State. Absolutely. Um, Kale Sanderson and Casey Cunningham and co. have just created a ridiculous machine right now that's just churning out talent nonstop. And I'd rather have the issue of having too much talent where somebody may head elsewhere than not having enough talent and not being competitive. And that certainly isn't an issue in the Penn State room right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure every other program in the country uh, really envies Penn State's position with with the with those middleweight problems, especially since a lot of teams struggle to put together three or four good middleweights, and Penn State has so many uh, so many studs. We've seen it before now with Penn State forming a murderer's row, sort of with Taylor Ruth and Wright, and then this year it could be Rutherford, Nolf, and Chenzo. And now you're looking down the line at maybe guys like Nick Lee and Brady Berge and maybe Joe Lee or somebody at 157 where you're just going to hit parts of the lineup where all you can do is the opponent just kind of throw your hands up and say, what do you do? Yeah, it, it's going to be something. Um, this weekend, of course, was the, uh, the NWCA Classic. No Penn State kids. We talked about that. In last week's show, how there wouldn't be any Penn State kids, we didn't think. But there were some still interesting results. Um, you know, uh, Miles Martin, who somehow beat Bo Nickel by a literal act of God last year at NCAAs, got taken apart by Gabe Dean. Yeah, that needs to be addressed. Because I saw something today on Twitter saying maybe Miles Martin should have stayed at 174. I have a couple of thoughts here. One, Miles Martin, for as much as we like to rag on him, as much as I think Bo Nichols should be a national champion and have beaten Martin last year, Miles Martin is an outstanding wrestler. I do not think the result is indicative of the Miles Martin that you're going to see throughout the year. Um, two, I'm not sure that staying at 174 was really an option for Miles. I mean, he could have wrestled off with Bo Jordan and he may have even beaten Bo Jordan, but Miles, from all accounts, is a good kid. He's not going to cause issues for his team if he thinks he can be competitive at 184. I think um, Dean was incredibly impressive. We all know how good Gabe Dean is. Um, Rough showing for Miles, but this is not... I I don't think the Miles Martin you see at 184 now is necessarily going to be the Miles Martin you see come March at 184, but a hell of a performance from Gabe Dean. Yeah, Dean, I think every year people are like, oh, someone's going to beat Gabe Dean this year. He's not going to win. It was like that going into last year, too. I don't think a lot of people had a faith in him repeating as champion. Uh, He just keeps plugging along. Gabe Dean's just, I mean, he's the definition of the word solid, Um, even if unspectacular at times. Um, Everyone says 
oh, he may drop a match here, he may lose this, and he lost last year to Nolan Boyd. But again, when the lights are on, Gabe Dean puts on a show, and he didn't deny us of that at um, the All-Star Classic. There's a couple of more matches there that really stood out to me. Um, Max Rockoff making his debut at 157 for North Carolina State. Um, was trailing Brian Murphy in the third period, uh, 6-4. And Murphy shot in, and Roscoff kind of caught him with the body lock, took him over, and got the fall. Uh, we talked about it last po- podcast how uh, coming down could be a huge asset for Roscoff, given his strength that he showed on top at 165, and he demonstrated that again at 157. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I mean, that's always the big thing, right, when, when, when kids move down the weight is, you know, if they can control their weight down at that extra weight, they should have a strength advantage. And, and Roscoff is – I mean, it's early, and so we, we, we don't know if he can control his weight, but he does seem to at least have the strength advantage. Absolutely. And, again, there was two or three matches there. That being one that really stood out to me at the event. Um, Zane Richards, late takedown to beat Eric Montoya. Impressive showing from Montoya, and I believe you called call, called that. Yeah, I think Montoya is good. I think I think Montoya is a contender. Um, we also saw Anthony Ashnell get a sudden victory takedown to beat Bryce Meredith. Meredith, it looks like those two are going to be national championship contenders again this year. One forty-one. No offense to Dean Heil. Yeah, well, uh, you know we we know uh, how good Heil is, but. Yeah, I mean, overall, the, the results here were really good. A lot of close matches. Most of the matches were really close. I'm looking here, and there's only one, two. There's, it looks like there's only two matches that were decided by more than three points. Yeah, it was. Um, in terms of depth. Out of the whole thing. In terms of depth of matches, you saw a lot of really, really quality wrestling. Uh, Connor Medbury coming off an Olympic redshirt year and defeating Ty Walls 5 to 2 is. Very, very impressive. Um, Brett Farr looked pretty good against Brett Harner at one, up at 197. Uh, Anthony Colica beating LeVon Mays 7-5. This is a nice result. Um, just a really good show overall. And lastly, uh, I want to touch on Zeke Jordan, Isaac Jordan from Wisconsin, beating Daniel Lewis uh, 5-3. A lot of people had Lewis Pennsylvania as the number two guy maybe this year behind Isaiah Martinez. At 165, but Zeke Jordan just continues to be the picture of consistency right there at 165, taking a 5-3 uh, decision over Daniel Lewis. Yeah, I mean, he just wins and wins and wins. It seems like Zeke Jordan, like, you know, I, the other Jordans kind of got the, the spotlight growing up, but Isaac just keeps winning. He He's so consistent. Even the matches he loses, he still wrestles good matches. Like I've never seen the kid wrestle himself out of a match, if that makes sense. He's just, again, we talked about consistency. He's super, super solid and super, super consistent. He's not going to put himself in a lot of bad positions. He's not going to expose himself. Um, he's probably one of the more high IQ wrestlers out there. And face it, the kid's got a bunch of athletic talent. I mean, you, you don't just come out and do this without some, some physical gifts and he displayed it again this weekend in taking out a really, really tough guy in Lewis. How about a local kid, well, local school from Lock Haven, Ronnie Perry, getting that 141 showcase win. Lock Haven, that's a program on the rise. 
It really is. I think last year they were only at uh, five and a half scholarships. I believe that's been up a bit this year. They've uh, taken in a couple of really talented guys in Thomas Haynes transferring from Ohio State and um, Tyshawn White from Central Dolphin, who I believe is going to redshirt this year and wrestle 133. Plus that kid from WU, too. Yeah, it's been a really, really impressive job of rebuilding down there at Lock Haven, and um, Perry's just another example of that. And then, obviously, the Chance Marcelli situation, which we don't really touch on too much. Yeah, that was sad that Chance couldn't get it together there. Patrick Duggan is the kid I'm talking about that transferred there. He's pretty good, too. Yeah, another really talented guy. Um, obviously, his brother, I believe, Francis Duggan wrestled last year at North Allegheny and just committed to, I want to say Oklahoma, don't quote me on that, uh, really really high-caliber high recruit at 195 pounds. Looks like he's going to go 197 in college. But uh, Lockheed has done a really impressive job of rebuilding that program and turning it into a really, really competitive competitive team. Yeah, so good job there at Lockheed bringing that back at once proud program back to some level of prominence but clay when when we talk about wrestling programs in america the conversation starts and ends with our pants and indian lions last week we talked about the first five weights this week let's let's jump into the to the final five weights you read my mind i mean i love talking uh wrestling all around but i love talking penn state wrestling so i'm really excited to get into this year and uh Get into this weight preview. So let's start at 165 then. Uh, last year, a timeshare, so to speak, between uh, Shakur Rashid when he could keep his weight off that brutal cut and Gino Morelli, who, who performed admirably and wrestled some close matches all year long against some top kids and then, and then got two wins at NCAAs. But this year, that spot looks to be headed to heralded redshirt freshman Vincenzo Joseph. And uh, he's he's got the potential to finish up near the top of the podium. Yeah, um, there's a lot of hype surrounding Chenzo right now. Um, came out of high school at 152. A lot of people thought he might go 157 this year with Nolf bumping up. Nolf didn't quite grow as much, and Chenzo just kind of ballooned a bit. He'll be up at 165 this year. Um, really, really versatile wrestler. Good top game. Really uh, impressive from neutral. Has some really good freestyle wins, including a follow over Joe Smith, if I recall correctly. Um should fill what was a slight hole for Penn State. There wasn't many holes in the lineup, but uh, expected to be anywhere from that second, third range to uh, low All-American this year, and there's definitely some high expectations for Chenzo. Vinny had a great uh, offseason of freestyle, too. Wrestled really well. Most of his losses were to top kids. Yeah, I believe he had uh, a close loss to Logan Massa, beat Joe Smith, um, wrestled, I, I want to say he wrestled either Mark Hall or Jason Nolf pretty tight. Um, he's been around on the freestyle circuit for a little while, but um, just some really good results in there coming off an undefeated redshirt season and going into a season where he's expected to be um, a major producer for Penn State and for Kale Sanderson. He's got a fun style, too. He's always attacking, and he likes to throw upper body a lot, too, a little bit like Bo Nickel in that you always got to watch out for those upper body throws. Uh, Joseph can end a match in a hurry. Yeah, for anybody who's seen um, Joseph's, I believe it was senior year, um, 
state championship match with Iowa's Michael Kemmer. That was really entertaining. Uh, ended up pinning Kemmer, I believe, in overtime. And I believe it was senior year. It might have been his junior year. But just a really kind of funky style. Um, like skill on single leg to kind of shelf the leg and sweep the back leg. Um, so you may see that a bit this year. Um, in a room with Jason Nolf and Mark Hall around them, I expect Chenzo to really, really be a strong member of this Penn State team and put some serious points on the board, both in matches and in tournaments. Yeah, he's a guy, too, who will get the energy going after um, after the, after intermissions and dual meets, which is really important from your 165-pounder to not come out flat. Yeah, I don't envy any team that has to go up against that kind of, we talked about earlier, the murderer's row that could be Sammy Rutherford, Jason Nolf, and Chenzo Joseph now. It's just really, really mean. Mark Hall, 174. Hey, we'll get into it. I'm, I'm not ruling it <laughs> out, but we, we shall see. <laughs> Yeah, well, 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 let's jump into 174 then. Uh, Clay, we have a different opinion on where Penn State should go at this weight. For the record, because I'm going to put this out there, I have nothing against Penn State and Mark wrestling Mark Holloway in just in 74 pounds. I'm not going to tell Kale Sanderson what to do. Christian Piles kind of tried that before. It didn't work out well for CP. Um, but... That being said, I would very much like to see one Shakur Rashid up nine pounds at 174 this year and Mark Hall take a redshirt year. However, there is a third option out there. Apparently, uh, Gino Morelli is also going to contest the spot. So we could see the um, all-too-familiar Gino and Shakur platoon to start the season. So a lot, a lot of options at 174 this year for Penn State. Plus Brian Brill at 174, who can't be counted out. I mean, he, he, he's another talented kid where, especially if something were, especially if Rashid were to go down, I mean, you definitely can't count out Brill beating out Morelli. Absolutely. Um, Penn State's in a really, really ridiculous situation right now at 174 for all the best reasons. I think we kind of touched on it earlier with Manville, where he might fit in. Um, part of that's because we now have four guys that, who could wrestle 174 this year. Unfortunately, the rules dictate you can only send one out at a time. Um, again, I would like to see Rashid. I think Rashid um, presents the more attacking style and the better options for bonus points in tournaments. Um, I don't think he presents the better option in Hall. But um, I think long-term, the best option for Penn State for Hall is to give him a redshirt year and let Shakur Rashid cook, as they say. Yeah, see, selfishly, as a senior at Penn State this year, I want Penn State to, to chase the NCAA tournament points record this year. And the only way they're going to do that is if they bring in Mark Hall into the lineup. So I'm officially on team Mark Hall wrestles this year. Well, and for Penn State. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Hall. I'm sure he'll wrestle a few opens. He didn't wrestle this weekend. Um, I don't believe he's wrestling in Binghamton next weekend. Um, you're more than likely going to see him in Reno wrestling an attached tournament of champions. He can't wrestle at the Keystone Open, I believe, under the rules. But um, he could wrestle both Reno and the Southern Scaffold, despite Penn State not going to the Scaffold's team. And should he come out of his red shirt, I don't think you're going to see that until after those two events. 
So it'll very, be very interesting to keep an eye on what Hall does at Opens because there's a good chance he's going to run through those fields. But come Reno and come the scuffle, you're going to take, face some seriously good competition, especially from maybe guys with his own word. So you're saying you'd be very shocked if uh, if, if Kale shot, so, uh, tried to surprise us next week and sent Marky out up at West Point at 174? I would be flabbergasted, I believe is the correct term. I just don't see but, any but reason But so to, happy at the same time. I, I don't see any reason to burn the shirt before it's necessary. If you're, if you're doing it for NCAA tournament reasons, which everything should be done for NCAA tournament reasons, you wait to see what you have, I think, in the guys that don't have a red shirt year. Because if they're going to produce for you, it doesn't make sense to stick one of them on the bench. You're getting all rational on me. I'm just trying to enjoy Mark Hall while I'm here, but uh, I, I understand where you're coming from. Well, from one interesting situation to another, huh? Yeah, at 184. Well, not not that interesting. I It turned out how I thought it would turn out. It did. Um, okay, so here's the situation for those of you who have not heard of 184. Um, Matt McCutcheon, who made the spot last year, um, was going to wrestle off for the spot with Bo Nickel, who's going up a weight this year to 184. Um, Bo's going to compete, I believe, internationally at 86 kilograms, which is 189 or so pounds. So it really just makes the most sense for him to hang around that weight in the off-season for international and for freestyle. Um, results of the wrestle-off, we had Bo winning, I believe it was 3-1 to one or 4-2 to two in the first match in Sudden victory on a late takedown. Uh, the two would wrestle again. They went best two out of three. Um, Bo won the second match. Again, the scores kind of vary that from what we're getting out of the room from four to two, five to two, somewhere in that range. But it looks like uh, Bo Nichols is going to be your starter this year at 184 pounds. That shouldn't be surprising. Bo's one of the elite, talented wrestlers in America. Um, but good effort from McCutcheon, though, I must say. I think, uh, I mean, I'm a really big fan of Kutch. I think people kind of undersold what he did last year before the injury. Um, he's won three out of four matches, I believe, with TJ Dudley, who was a national runner-up last year. Um, kind of manhandled Kenny Quartz last year. Uh, I think Kutch is, is really, really solid. So I think um, people knocking Bo for those close matches need to take a step, bit of a step back. Uh, we talked about it before with weird things happening in the room, and two, Cutch uh, is really, really solid, and I'm impressed with his performances. I would love to see him get in the lineup somewhere, which we will uh, touch on a bit later. Yeah, but, you know, the outlook for Bo, not to get too into it, because we're kind of kind of get do this uh, in a couple minutes here, but, I mean, the sky's the limit for Bo Nickel at 184, or, or any weight he chooses to wrestle. Yeah, Bo's uh, not going to struggle. Apparently, he's walking around now close to 197, 198 or so. So, Bo's a pretty big boy. Uh, cutting a little bit to 184, but not as much as he had to cut to get to 174. Um, I believe he's wrestled Dean before in freestyle and lost a close match, but he was significantly smaller at the time. So, it'll be interesting to see how he handles those type of wrestlers like the Dudley or like a Gabe Dean who's pretty big come match time. I think you're going to see the same bow offensively. He's going to get in on legs. Uh, he's going to look to work angles. 
it'll be interesting to see if he struggles on bottom. He didn't really struggle at all on bottom. In fact, he created a lot of offense from bottom last year. Um, but I have very little worries about Bell up at 184, especially if he's feeling strong there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's head to 197 then. And uh, the aforementioned Matt McCutcheon's at 197, but there's also two other kids who there's a decent possibility could be, you know, repping Penn State at, at the Big Ten tournament and hopefully at the NCAA tournament too. Before we get into this, who's wrestling for Penn State at 197 come Big Ten tournament? Um, Kassar. You, you have three options, so... You'll say Anthony Kassar. Kassar is the third option we're going to, we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to, we already hit on Kutch. It sounds like uh, Matt McCutcheon is going to bump to 197. He wrestled 195 in high school his senior year and was a state champion, I believe. Um, he's probably going to be one of the shorter 197-pound wrestlers from what you see. I think Kutch only stands around 5'10 on a good day. Um not a very strong field nationally. I think Kutch could, could do very, very well at 197, but he's not the uh, incumbent there right now, is he? Well, no. I mean, there's Kellen Stout, and, uh, I mean, Anthony Kassar has as much potential as anyone in the whole room, not named Zane or Nolf, so. Yeah, Kellen Stout, uh, I believe, might have had a loss or two last year, may have gone undefeated, but had a very solid uh, if unspectacular redshirt year uh, coming up. I saw him lose. I I saw him lose at at Nitty Line Open, so he didn't go undefeated, but he sure. was pretty close. Couple of losses. He lost to a he lost to a, a, a varsity kid, like for that was pretty good, I think. Couple of losses for Stout last year. Coming up from one eighty four, I believe, at least at the beginning of the year. Uh, Mount Lebanon product. His father was a very very good wrestler, I believe, for Clarion. Um, Stout defense, not going to make mistakes. I don't know that he quite has the offense of a McCutcheon or of a Kassar. Um, but again, Kellen Stout is a very, very solid option in Penn State room. But as you touched on, the third option, uh, Anthony Kassar, right? Yeah, Kassar is my man. Uh, didn't start wrestling until high school, which in the sport of wrestling, that's pretty much unheard of to, to be really good. Um, though Nation Garrett did do it. But... um. Uh, I mean, the kid's got a lot of potential, repped the U.S. at Junior Worlds two years ago and won a match before his shoulder fell off in the second match. And since then, his shoulder's been falling off pretty frequently. Yeah, a lot of uh, injury issues for Kassar. We've seen this before with the Altons, what, uh, what shoulders can do. So that's a bit scary. Um, word out of the room is that he won't be back. He's cleared to drill, I believe, right? Is that, is that what we were Yes, but that's what Kale said. That's what Cre- Coach Kale said. Cleared to drill, according to Kale Sanderson. Um, not sure if he's going live. Word is he won't be back until around January, but Anthony Kassar probably has as much potential as anybody maybe in the country at 197 pounds, not counting Jaden Cox, because Jaden Cox is just a freak. But uh, Junior World team member won, won a match at Junior Worlds before dislocating his shoulder and I believe tearing his labrum. Uh, don't quote me on that one. Um, been in and out of the room with injuries, but just a real hoss. Uh, undefeated his senior year in New Jersey as a state champion. Um, wrestled 96 kilograms in the freestyle, which puts him around, uh, I believe 209 pounds, if my math is correct. He didn't lose that whole summer. 
he's a, a special, special talent. Um, I think he's an example of a raw kid that, that Penn State gets into the room and Kale Sanderson gets his hands on quite literally. Um, uh, yeah, because you know those two are wrestling together a lot. I think you're seeing healthy. an example of a, a very, very good athlete who's now learning how to wrestle. If he can stay healthy, could be as good as anybody in the country not named Jaden Cox, 197 pounds. I am very, very bullish on a healthy Anthony Kassar, but a healthy Anthony Kassar is anything from a guarantee. Yeah, Jaden is in. Jaden should be. Jaden should be in a class of his own at 197. I mean, Jaden does Jaden things, so who knows if that'll actually be the case. But there's no excuse that anyone should touch Jaden all year. Yeah, I don't see anybody touching Jaden Cox. Uh, maybe quite literally, he might just dance around and take everybody down. Um, I'm not even sure he's going to concede a point that's not in the state this year. But um, other than that, 197 is thin, thin, thin. Um, so I think that any of the three guys maybe could make some noise, particularly Kutch and um, a healthy Kassar, not to sleep on Kellen Stout. I agree. Uh, the last couple of years, though, Penn State has struggled for heavyweight points at the NCAAs. You know, J- Jimmy Lawson came up with a nice uh, uh, All-American finish two years ago. But, you know, that's been the weakest weight in the Sanderson era. Heavyweight Cam Wade, a perennial disappointment. Um, sorry, Cam, if you're listening, um, at NCAAs. But, uh, you know, things are looking up with a healthy Nick Nevels, who was the number one you know, heavyweight prospect in America coming out of high school. Yeah, Nick Nevels is, um, I was going to say he's not a slouch, but I feel like that's even underselling it. Nick Nevels, when healthy, is outstanding. Um, wrestled pretty well with uh, Austin Marston his true freshman year as he was redshirting. Um, I believe he beat Denzel Dijonet, if my memory is correct, at the Southern Scuffle that year. Uh, Dijonet is an outstanding wrestler in his own right for Appalachian a State. freak. That kid's a freak. Um... One of the more athletic heavyweights in the country. Uh, Nick Nevels has a snatch single that I'm not sure can be stopped by anybody not named Kyle Snyder. Um, and is finally healthy. I'm very, very excited to see what we get from Nick Nevels. Part of the three ends in Nolf, Nip, Nevels and Nickel coming in in that 2015-2016 class. I just think uh, you're in for a real treat for as a Penn State fan if you haven't seen a healthy Nick Nevels wrestle. The problem is, though, you know, Neville's does have injury issues, and that's one weight Penn State has no depth at, especially with Jan Johnson getting hurt during football season. I mean, who? I mean, not, if Kevin Givens knew how to wrestle, I'd be okay with pulling him off the football team to wrestle, but I don't think he does. So our, our options are limited here if, if, if Neville's went down. Yeah, I want to say that uh, Penn State took in a transfer from a lower level school, a Division II school, to wrestle heavyweight, but that's nothing more, no offense to the kid. I don't know his name, I'm being honest. Um, I don't believe the plan is for him to see action this year, uh, especially with Nick Nevels in front of him, because it would mean Nick Nevels got injured. But uh, not a lot of depth there, but I'm very confident in helping Nick Nevels, and I'm very, very excited to see what he can do, especially in a pretty solid heavyweight field this year. His name's Ethan Whistler. He uh, 
he, he was in the military for a while. Um, he also lived at Pitt, at Pitt Johnstown back in the day. So, I mean, he, he's probably about 26, 27 years old. I mean, he's going to be a strong man at least at 285. Yeah, Ethan, if you decide to turn into the uh, tune into the Black Sheep Diaries Matcast, um, we here, and by we, I mean I, apologize for uh, not knowing your name there, but uh, glad to have you aboard. And again, it's nice for Penn State to have more than one true heavyweight on the roster for once. Yeah, we have a couple too. Uh, Alex Nicholas is a true freshman, uh, PA fourth last year at at Double A two eighty five. So I mean, I mean, there's something, but I mean, a, a huge drop off if it's not if Nickel goes down. Absolutely, uh, and again, I think that doesn't sound like it's going to be an issue this year. You never know; freak accidents happen. But Kale Sanderson was. Pretty uh, positive on healthy Nick Nevels. And I think from day one, you're going to see a completely different wrestler than you saw at the end of last year. I mean, it's going to be night and day. Well, that brings us to the end of the, the, the 10 weights. So let, what do you say we go through and uh, we go through and make some picks for how, for how the national scene is going to turn out and how our Penn State wrestlers are going to do? All right. You want to start on uh, – we'll start with Penn – we'll stick with Penn State from the uh, – from the jump, okay? All right. So at 125, Nick Siriano. Man. Uh, it's like, like you know the, the song, like my mind's telling me no, but my body's telling me yes. Like, that's how I feel about Nick Siriano, like, to win because I don't trust Thomas Gilman. Joey Dance is not built for tournament wrestling. Man, I'll just do it. Let's say Suriano wins it all. All right, I'm with you. I'm bullish. Um, I think Thomas Gillen is fantastic, but I think Nick Suriano is really, really special. And I think the world is going to get a wake-up call, uh, especially the first weekend where we wrestle Stanford and he'll see fourth-ranked Connor Sharon, which we'll get to later. But uh, Suriano is going to win a championship this year. I do like Dylan Peters, though, too, for a sleeper champion. I, I'm never going to argue against Dylan Peters that kid can uh, pull a pin out of nowhere. Yeah, he's, he's something else. Um, all right, let's go to 133. Uh, Jared Cortez. Um, I like Cortez around, around fourth. I think he's not quite in that tier of wrestlers with uh, Richards and Clark and Tomasello. But I think he might be the next best guy out there. Uh, he's training in a room with some really, really good guys in Suriano and Conaway and Nico Megalutis. Um, very highly tied recruit. I, I'll, I'll say a fourth place finish for Jared Cortez. And then who do you have winning it all? Uh, winning it all, I think NATO gets it done up a week. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be Corey Clark. Uh, hey, there wouldn't be anybody more deserving than Corey Clark. I mean, we, we rag on Iowa a little bit here, but kid's a, uh, a really, really talented kid who's been a finalist the last two years and um, could be his time. So I would not hate a Corey Clark championship if it couldn't be Jared Cortez. I'm picking Cortez to finish third. I can see it. 
Above Richards? Behind, um, what? Oh. Yeah, above Richards. Yeah, above Richards. Um, I'm picking I'm picking Richards to finish fifth, actually. I'm picking Montoya to finish fourth. Hey, Montoya showed that you can wrestle with him this weekend, so it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be at all surprising. Now, uh, the fun part's the next way, huh? Oh, man, this is just a shot in the dark. On every level, I am lost on what to say here. So you get to, you get to go ahead and take the lead on 141. All right, Jimmy. <laughs> As I call him, not, the, not Jimmy, it's Jimmy. You know, like from an old Southern, like from an old Western. But uh, Jimmy, I'm going to pick you finishing fifth. I can see it. I mean, we've seen what you can do. You can wrestle with anybody. Um, I'll go. I'll go seventh for Jimmy, and I hope he proves me incredibly wrong. But I just think there's a lot of really, really talented wrestlers at 141. Um, my national championship pick at 141 is going to be um, Matthew Kolodzik, a redshirt freshman at Princeton, who I think is going to impress people from the jump. Um, but you've also got returning champion Dean Heil, Anthony Ashnell, Bryce Meredith, Joey McKenna. Uh, so I'm going to go seventh for Jimmy. Wait, so oh, where are you picking Jimmy? Seventh. Okay, that's well, that's, that's still American. Um, national champ pick, I'm picking. Oh, I'm going to. This is surprising. I admit, I'm going on a limb here. I'm picking Anthony Ashnell. I don't think that's not bad. I mean, Ashnell showed that he can go with anybody. I don't know that I'd call that a surprise. But what I will say is that Dean Heil is officially the most slept on national champion I know. in the world. That's funny. Yeah. No, are we we said that last week that, oh, Heil gets no respect. And, and what do we do the next week? None of us pick the defending champ with one loss to win. Dean Heil has the. Uh, like a, a curse of some sort because all the kid does is win and all anybody does is say, yeah, he's not going to win. 149, another tough weight. You can, uh, I'll let you lead this one off. Yeah, um, I think Zane's going to finish first. And I think Zane's going to be the national champion. So uh, that was tough. Yeah, Zane, Zane's your national champion. Zane's your Hodge trophy winner. He's the whatever trophy winner. Zane's the best. Yeah, um, that was about as difficult as my pick at the next week, huh? Yeah, yeah, no, no, okay, so, like, you know how Tom Brady is, like, on, like, the Tom Brady re- revenge tour right now? Yeah, you think... Like, that's gonna be Nolf you think, all year. I think Jason Nolf might have one of those in store. Uh, again, Nolf is my pick to, uh, win championship, and again, then finish first. Alright, well, then, so, let's go with this, then. Who finishes second at 149 and 157? Oof. That's a tough one. 149, I think the second place finisher is going to be Micah Jordan out of Ohio State. Okay, okay. Fair. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna doubt that at all. I, 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 I like it actually. I tend to agree. I think Micah gets more comfortable at this weight. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go right with that. I think Micah finishes second. Now the more fun part, who finishes second at one fifty seven? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh... there's some talented guys there. I mean, uh, not the amount of talent there was maybe last year, but um, I'm super, super high on Roscoe. So I have him right now as my second place finish. I think he's going to 
have some real success against guys on top this year. Yeah, I mean, he's a contender. I'm going to pick JoJo. I can see it. Um, right now, if John Smith's listening, hey, coach, and don't yell at us for uh, calling him JoJo and not Joseph. But uh, certainly a... His name's, his name is JoJo. His name's <laughs> Joseph. Oh, um, I know, but his... But his real, like, it's JoJo. Like, that's just what he is. I don't, no, I'm pretty sure it's Joseph. No, I know. I know it's Joseph, it's, but you don't call him Joseph. Hey, ask John. Like, John, John was the one that yep. yelled at people last year, so. He did? Uh, yep. I thought John was, I thought John was the big fan of JoJo. Nope. His name's Joseph in my country western accent that I'm sure John Smith would hate me for. But I have, uh. Listen, I, I, listen. Joseph, if Oklahoma State beats Penn State for the national championship this year, I'll call him Joseph. Until then, we're kings. It's JoJo. Hey, I'm fine with JoJo. All JoJo's in my life right now are uh, really good, so shout out Joel Embiid. 165, right? Yep. 165. Um, yeah, nobody's going to beat Isaiah Martinez now that he's still big and still strong and doesn't need to worry about being not big and not strong. Yeah, IMR is really good. Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty consensus pick. Yeah, I'm picking IMR, but I'm picking Vinny to finish third. I've, yeah, I have chance of finishing third as well. I think he's going to beat Lewis in that uh, third place bout. Third's good. Third's good. Very good for a redshirt freshman. And, 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 and second's a possibility if he can be on the opposite. Like, if he's seated second or third... It's very possible to see him in the championship match. I don't think there's anybody in the country um, that he can't beat, not named Isaiah Martinez. Uh, that includes Logan Masu, who he has a loss to. Um, I kind of actually even forgot that Logan was in the, uh, in the discussion. You have Anthony Valencia in the discussion as well. Uh, but again, I could see Chenzo finishing third, and third sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, third is great. Let's go to 174, and uh, we're making two predictions here. We're going to predict for Shakur, and then we're going to pick for my boy Marky. Okay. Um, Shakur, I think, probably finishes sixth. I think there's four or five really strong guys at the top of the weight. I mean, injuries could kind of play play into this. Um I decided my national championship today, pick today on the fly, so we'll get to that. Um, if Mark wrestles, it's probably. Uh, I feel silly saying he should venture when I haven't ever winning a national championship if he wrestles. Oh god, but yeah, um, he's gonna win a national championship if he wrestles, isn't he? Because he's already beaten my pick, which we'll get to in a bit. Yeah, dude, Marquis won't lose a match in college. I'm saying right now. The only way lose a match in college is an injury default. So where, where's Shakur finishing? Who's your national champion pick? Should, seven. Should, I have Shakur finishing seven. That's, that's a, the number that, that came Sounds about right. And uh, should Mark Redshirt, who's your national championship pick? Um, Bojo. Uh, I watched Zahid Valencia wrestle today and decided that Zahid Valencia is going to um, pretty much beat everybody you put in front of him this year. Unless that person is Mark Hall. 
Um, I, we had that one. Mark had a dominating victory over Zahid at uh, Flo's Who's Number One event a couple of years back. So I kind of, I still feel silly saying Mark should redshirt, but the team, the team, the team. And four years from now, four years from now, Mark is going to be the team. So once it's funny, it's funny you said the team, the team, the team, because sorry, Penn State fans, I am wearing. One of my favorite hats on the road right now, my Michigan hat. So it is funny that you're saying the team, the team, the team. Yikes. So, on non-Michigan related <laughs> news. So, 184, huh? Yeah, this is a tough way to predict right here, I think. I'm cautiously optimistic. I think a lot of it's going to come down to how Bo handles the weight. He looks big. Um... I wasn't sure last year whether he had some gas tank issues at the end of the Masters or whether he was just kind of being bow, which is a bit really laid back and you can't really tell. But I, there were times where he would apparently have gas tank issues and then run off the mat and do some sprints down the hallway. So you try to explain that one to me. Um, I'm going to do that really stupid thing that people continue to do where I pick against Gabe Dean and say that Bo wins the national championship this year. Man, I'm gonna. I I gotta pick Gabe Dean. Nobody's gonna tell you you're stupid for picking a guy who's won back to back. I have Bo taking second to Gabe. I don't see anybody so else. Bo, Bo, if you're listening to this, you are more than welcome to use this as bulletin board material. And at the end, say after party, come up to me and say, "I told you so." I'll be more than happy to eat my crow. Well, nobody else in the country can beat the kid. I mean, I, I will confidently say that. He's not no, going to lose to no. TJ Dudley. He's not going to lose to... But he can beat himself any match, Mom, though. Bo. We saw that against Miles Martin last year. Bo can beat himself. I think but you're the only see, that can beat Bo is Gabe Dean. You're going to see a more cerebral Bo this year, and it'll be interesting. I, I think he walks up with the title. He started sure deserves it after last year. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. So let's go to 197. Um, there's another way we have to make a couple predictions. Um, what, what are you thinking at 197? Again, I'm going to uh, feel really bad counting out Kellen Stout for this position. So watch Kellen Stout go out and absolutely dominate this year. Um I think Kutch is going to end up wrestling 197 throughout the year. Um, I'm not optimistic about Kassar's health. Um, I'm hopeful, um, but again, not optimistic. And I have Kutch finishing third. I think the obvious national champion is Jaden Cox, and nobody with a brain is going to pick against him. But other than that, the field is wide open. Um, I think there might be one or two guys where Kutch struggles with the size, which is why I don't have him second, but I think he's going to have if he stays healthy, he's going to have better offense and better leg attacks than anybody not named Jaden Cox at the weight. Um, so, yeah, I have Kutch finishing third. I have McCutcheon finishing seventh. He's giving up too much weight. He's too small. I hope not. It's certainly not an insane pick. Yeah, um, I think the length might be more of an issue than the weight, but it'll definitely be interesting to see. And if Kassar can go, I'm picking him second, if he's healthy. See, my issue with Kassar, if he can go, is is 
Is he going to have enough time before March to get the feel of things? Um, he's probably going to have a low seed because if he doesn't wrestle until mid-January, he's not going to have many matches. He may not even be seeded, so he could hit hit Jaden very early. Hopefully not. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, he he can go win the Big Ten tournament and be a top five seed. He could. Um, I wouldn't play past him. I'm just I'm very cautious regarding his health and how quickly he's going to be able to get up to speed if he doesn't start wrestling live until January. So we shall see. I'm just saying, if he's healthy, I'm picking him second. Hey. God willing, from your lips to God, serious. And finally, heavyweight. Is Penn State going to get an All-American heavyweight this year? I think Penn State absolutely gets an All-American heavyweight this year. and um, I don't think it's particularly close. I think um, Snyder's the obvious national champion. Nobody's going to pick against him. Nobody's that stupid. Um, I think Medberry kind of showed that he's the second-best wrestler in the country at 285. Um I don't like the way Neville's matches up with Ty Walls, but I could easily see him finishing in that fourth and fifth range. Yeah, I was thinking fourth for Neville's. Fourth sounds good. I would be thrilled. And I'm picking the Snyder kid to win it. I would, yeah. I would be thrilled if uh, Nick Neville's came home with a fourth, fourth place finish. Although I'm not sure Nick Neville's agrees with that. I'm sure he has a, a bit bigger plans, but I think a lot of Penn State fans would be very happy if Nick Nervels ended up with a uh, mid-to-high All-American spot. And so, given our predictions for this team, for the team race, we have to be both be picking Penn State to finish first and, and raising the trophy in St. Louis. Given my predictions, I think Penn State, uh, yeah, absolutely finishes first. Um, I think by the guys we need, the biggest competition, at least that I see is Ohio State with Two, I think I had them with two national champions and two runners up with um, Micah and uh, Bo Jordan. Bojo. So I, I think they're the biggest threat. But yeah, again, I feel pretty strongly about Penn State's na- uh, national championship hopes. And that'd be six and seven. And another year that Iowa doesn't win it, most importantly. Hey. Those are always good years to me. But we have a real live wrestling, don't we? Coming up, less than one week. We'll have a five. Not much time left in the podcast, but uh, let's let's uh, let, let's point out a few matches, you know, in each in each duel that we're looking forward to. We have uh, five days left until Penn State heads to Army West Point for the first duel of the season. If my math is correct, again, I'm not a math major, but. Uh, very excited to see Penn State get going there. Um, they should be favored, to be honest, in all of their matches, I believe. Uh, maybe struggle. It'll be interesting to see we get Jimmy Goldbaum one for 41. He's going to take on senior um, Logan Everett, who... Fan of, who, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, Pennsylvania native, who beat uh, number six ranked Joey Ward of UNC today. So Everett's certainly dangerous. Um, Russell Parsons... Also had a good showing today in the Southeast Open at Virginia Tech, taking home the title at 157. Um, unfortunately, he comes up against Jason Nolf, who's a bit of a cyborg. But other than that... No, cy- that's not cyborg to Suriano. Ah, uh, see. Getting my nicknames mixed up. But other than that, I don't really see Penn State dropping a match at 
285. It'll be interesting to see what we get from 197 or even who we get from 197. But, um, but I feel very... I think there could be some competitive matches, though. Absolutely. I mean... I think it could be a shutout, but I think it could be a competitive shutout. Like, I think there's going to be some kids that are going to have to wrestle. You're going to see a, a lot of tough matches, I think. Um, we'll be interested to see when we see first match jitters from Soriano. Um, we'll be interested to see when we get from Casar, or not Casar, Cortez at 133. Um, obviously, we kind of touched on 141 being a toss-up, but I feel pretty confident about this match. Um, you obviously know what you're going to get from kids up at Army. You're going to get some really, really tough, really, really scrappy matches. But um, I think I see, if I had to predict the score, I think Penn State walks out with a shutout and we'll go 39 to nothing. Yeah, that's about right. I was thinking 36. Um, that's low. No, 42. 42. I think 42 we get, to nothing. We get a pin from Zane at 149. We get probably a tech. From North at one fifty-seven. No, a pin from North. A pin from North. And um, uh, you have to think that, that there's a good chance that Bo bonuses. So th- thirty-nine sounds good. Uh, that's, that's Bo's gonna pin that kid probably or or tech him. Uh, the one the one eighty-four pounder isn't very good. That's the number um, we're gonna stick with for me. Uh, I'm gonna want uh, thirty-nine nothing. Yeah, I'm going forty-two. Um, all right, let's go ahead to Stanford and and uh, Stanford's got some studs. They do. Uh, Penn State returns to rec hall for the first time this year, um, Sunday. Raising a against, banner. Against Stanford, you're raising a national championship banner. Um, but Stanford's, Stanford's not going to roll over. Penn State wrestled them last year, and I believe Penn State won seven matches or so. I have to check that out. But um, they have some, some serious, serious talent in Joey McKenna at 140, 141. Uh, Jim Wilson this year up at 174. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, older Neville's at 184. Yeah, Older Neville's and Zach Neville's in the lineup at 184. Um, Keaton Subjects, a real, real talented kid at 165. Nathan Traxler, 197. Um, looking at Stanford, they've recruited very, very well the last few years with guys like Subject and McKenna. Um, Connor Schramm. That's the match I definitely want to touch on. That's going to be the first true test right off the bat for uh, Nick Soriano at 125. Um, number four ranked kid in the country, I believe, according to Flo. Super, super scrambly. Uh, really unique offense. Tough to get down and tough on top. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes out. Um, my way to early score prediction. That's a fun one. Um, I think Soriano probably beat Shram, but it, it may be by the skin of his teeth. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way. I like Cortez to win his match. Um, I'm not so sure how confident I am about Jimmy. I'll give. <laughs> I, I think Penn State probably only wins seven out of ten matches, but I think they get some serious bonus points, and probably gives them about. 20, I will go 27 to 7 Penn State wins in their home debut this year, as I call. Hey, did you know that Steven Rodriguez is, is, a, is an assistant there this year? I don't, but I just realized that my math is really bad because 27 to 7 with 7 to 3 doesn't make sense because Stanford should have 9 points. So we'll go 27 to 9. 
I'm going 32 to 4. So you're saying Jimmy gets major? Yes. Oi. Okay. I hope Jimmy listens to this. <laughs> Jimmy, I hope you're listening, and I hope you go out and show the world that you are for real and take down Joey McGann again and again and again. Um, I don't love Penn State's matchup at 141. I am certainly skeptical about their matchup at 125. Not because I worry about Syria in the long term, but she has a really tough test off the bat. Um, 174 will be interesting to see who goes to Penn State against a really, really tough Jim Wilson. Um, 197 is going to be very, very interesting. Um, yeah, there's some toss-up matches in there. So I think Stanford probably puts, puts some points on the board, but Penn State wins too many matches and gets too much bonus, particularly at 49 and 57 and 84. And Clay, you'll be in your... You'll be in State College on, on Sunday, correct? That's the plan. I'm um, looking forward to getting back to Rec Hall. Uh, first time Penn State will be there this year. And uh, first time I'll be this year, there this year. And uh, again, BSD is going to have you cover from all angles, hopefully this week, leading up to that, and then following the two duels. Yeah, I will be there as well. If you guys are going to the Penn State Wrestling Club luncheon before the match, I'll be there. Look for me. I'm the kid with the beard. Um... And I'll probably wear either a Just Do It Penn State hat or a Nike Penn State wrestling cap. Feel free to come up and say hi to me. Talk about the podcast. Uh, you know, all, all that fun stuff. Um, oh, also one note quickly. Clay, did you hear the Penn State wrestlers were the Penn State intramural dodgeball champions? It doesn't surprise me with the amount of dodgeball they seem to play before, uh, before and after practices. But uh, you got some... some serious heat coming down the pipe from some of those guys, so I would not want to be on the other side of that. It was like Zane, uh, Nolfi, um, Bo, George Carpenter. Um, I don't think Neville's. Oh, Vinny. Yeah, um, I don't envy anybody that has to line up across from that, especially since there's definitely some poor kids that hit signed up just to have fun. And I'm not sure yeah. that any of these wrestlers sign up for anything just with the intent to have fun if it's competitive. No, well, they, they proudly posed with the, with the bracket afterwards. So hey. the, first, the, first, the first bracket pose of many this year. Let's, let, let's toast to that. We'll get them used to winning. And, uh, again, we're kind of wrapping up here. But on another note, um, a really, really um, big shout-out to former Penn State wrestler Phil Davis. Um, wrestled at 197 pounds for Penn State, was a national champion in, I believe, 2008. Um, became a world champion this year, or uh, this weekend, on Friday. Um, won the light heavyweight championship for Bellator MMA, beating previously un- undefeated Brit Liam McGeary. Um, super, super proud of Phil, uh, both as a Penn State grad and as a Harrisburg native, as myself. Um, joining him on the card was Ed Ruth, who everybody knows, four-time All-American at Penn State, three-time national champion, 184 pounds, made his MMA debut on the same card, and won by a TKO in the first round, and again, as another Penn State grad and another Harrisburg native, uh, super, super proud of those guys, and looking forward to see uh, what they can do going forward in the MMA world. Clay, I don't watch MMA Will Ed Ruth try to cradle people? 
Probably not, but I can't rule it out because I get the impression that he's going to be so much better than some guys on the ground that he's going to have his way. Um, Davis actually gave a funny interview the week before regarding Roos' debut, saying that everything that um, Davis does, uh, Ruth does it better, jokingly. So that says a lot about Ed Roos' potential if uh, Davis is speaking that highly of him. Yeah, and just one more note before we go. Leave in the comments on the Black Street Diaries article who you guys want to see us bring on guests. Obviously, we're going to have a tough time bringing on current wrestlers and then like Coach Kale. But, you know, I'm optimistic about getting the assistant coaches and then like the, the Nittany Line Wrestling Club guys and maybe some, some national guys um, on the podcast. So leave that in the comments for sure. Absolutely. We've got some uh, fun things in the works for you guys. And, um, Again, just glad to be back on today and looking forward to finally hitting wrestling season for Penn State and uh, come up with some cool ideas and some um, hopefully cool interviews for you guys going forward throughout the season. The road to St. Louis is officially on. It is, and hopefully uh, you and I will be there and Penn State will absolutely be there and hopefully we'll be raising another national championship title team title absolutely when the uh yep. tournament ends yep my my tickets and hotel are booked for st louis so i hope the listeners of the podcast join uh, join me maybe we'll do a little social thing uh wednesday night before the meet uh, before the match starts we get some uh interest from the bsd uh wrestling people if, if any of you guys are going down we'll do a little meet up at a bar or something but uh that's a ways away clay anything else for us before we sign off that's all I got for you guys. All right. That's it. That's all we have today for this episode of the BSD Madcast. Uh, good luck to the Penn State wrestlers and all the wrestlers uh, starting off whether it was last weekend or coming up this weekend. Everybody stay safe and uh, wrestle hard. Don't stall talking to you, Iowa. Uh, that, that's it for this week, guys. Talk to you later. Peace out.